You think I would admit you were whiskey? <laughs> steal my whiskey because you drank all yours. Don't steal my whiskey, Dad. <laughs> I'm trying to be serious. I'm going to dribble now. Hello and welcome to this Christmas edition of the Malted Muse podcast. If anybody wants to contact me, please do so. The email address is jim at themaltedmuse.com and of course there's the website themaltedmuse.com where as always there's more information, links and a contact form. Now Christmas is a time of coming together and so I'm going to welcome some other drinks into the Whiskey Podcast. We will be tasting a rack, a whiskey cream liqueur, making mulled wine and more. Now, as Christmas is a time of coming together, I am pleased to welcome back my daughters, Faith and Kira, who join my other daughter, Anna, at home. And I'm looking forward to my son, Joe, and his partner, Hannah, joining us later. But sadly... I will not be seeing my other son, Sam, or his partner, Jess, this Christmas. Sam cannot come on Christmas Day due to work, and his pre-Christmas visit has had to be cancelled due to the bad snow that we've been having lately. Sorry we will not see you, Sam. You are in our hearts, and this episode is dedicated to you. Merry Christmas. In fact, one of my daughters, Faith, only just made it home herself, but I'll let her tell you about that. So there you go. This one's mine, not that one. No, that's yours. You're having the Glen Cairn glass. We're having different, same whiskey, don't we? Same whiskey, but different glass. And there's reason for this. I've got my a special glass that one of my customers gave to me, and I've never used it before. And it's got this. A lid. A lid, a little hat. And that's there to keep all the fumes in, so that I can go and catch all the aromas. It catches all the aromas. That really works. It like yeah, keeps it, it fresh. To, actually. It seems to. So have a little sniff of some of your glass. Yeah. Right, and I'll take the lid off of this one and have a sniff. Of, oh, you're nodding. Put the lid back on. If you leave it, if you leave the lid off, it, you know, it's just <laughs> that first bit. So it's not it's evaporating. It's all being caught, and then you take it off and straight in straight away so that's really true if i left my whiskey out for long enough yeah and next to yours with that lid on yeah would mine the smell of mine evaporate well it wouldn't evaporate but it wouldn't build up this just like holds it there for that first fresher yeah keeps it that little bit fresher okay all right then faith so what we're going to do is we're going to taste the whiskey yeah yeah and the first thing we do with that is having a little look at it Right, I want you to do some work here. What colour? Describe what it looks like to me. Okay, I'd say it's quite a light colour compared to a lot of whiskies I've seen. You think so? Yeah, I think so. It's quite translucent. See, I find this a Doesn't lovely, very thick. deep, ambery gold yeah. colour. It's got this lovely, bronzy, golden, rich colour to it and when I turn it gently in the glass and you see the bits coming down the legs the legs thin mine are thin yeah they're quite thin 
slow and slow wide apart and I think that looks really nice that's a lovely clear whiskey so let's have a smell and see what we pick up on the nose okay it's got quite subtle smells to it like it doesn't immediately come across as being a really strong smell no it's quite right it's a very subtle it's a nice subtle nose you have to get your nose right in there but there is a little hint of heather there are some floral notes there there's a slight slight smell of lavender to it i find but there's also in underneath that flowery smell there's a slight mustiness the smell you get from sniffing a mattress really hard I, i'm actually to be honest dad yeah <laughs> finding it hard to pick up the the level of smells that you're picking up because you've got a lot more experience and for me because it's really very subtle on the nose it's I've hard also, for me to find out those layers i've also got a bigger nose than yours as well <laughs> now then this is i can't remember if you named the whiskey yet this is yamazaki single more 10 year old and how strong is this whiskey face it's japanese um it's 40 percent by volume yeah, it is. Is that strong? No, it's 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 the starting point really for whiskey. Um, and yeah, it's Japanese. It's it is Japanese. from the southern part of Japan. Mm. Now, bear this in mind, Faith. It's a Japanese whiskey. Yeah. Do you want to toast anybody as you take your first sip of it? <laughs> okay. I'll t toast my best friends from Japan. Mana and Martha Froiland, <laughs> but they have a Norwegian name, but they're Japanese. Okay, and how do you know these people, Faith? I know that you know that I know how you know, but for the sake of people listening, how <laughs> do you know them? I met them at school where I'm studying in Norway. In Norway. Yeah, and they are sisters. One of them works at the school, and the right. other one is studying with me. So how come you're you're studying in Norway? <laughs> <laughs> Mum brought a brochure home one day that our friend gave to her, Dave Banks, about these folk schools right. in Norway. And after reading it, I decided that this is what I want. That was what I want to do. And what is it that you're doing over there? I'm studying for a year Norwegian at the folk school. Right, Norwegian I, language. Norwegian language, and a little bit culture, but I don't get any qualifications out of it. Right. It's pure experience. So it's pure experience just for the fun of learning. Yeah. And how, how are you affording to do that? I have a scholarship. That you won? Yeah. Yeah. From a memorial fund. And how long are you going to be over there for? When do you finish? May. In May. So you're about halfway through now. Yeah. And how cold is it over there? When you left Very to come cold. home, we were complaining about the snow in England. Yeah. Whilst you had all this snow here, yeah. it was too cold to snow where I was. How cold was it, Faith? Minus 23 that day. Minus 23. But on average, it's probably about minus, yeah. range from minus 10 to minus 15. But you got home without any trouble. Of course. Of got. course. Well, though you did have a few diversions. How long did it take you to get home this time? 15 hours. 15 hours of airports and flights and... Buses. And buses and delays. Although yeah. you've got a friend going off to America. Yeah. That's taken him how long? 
days and days, days and days. Days and days of travelling just to get home, and he's still not there yet. I'm not sure. Not sure. So, on second nosing, I've picked up a little bit of toffee, sweet caramel toffee. Because sometimes, if you just wait for a little bit and then come back to it, you can notice other things that you didn't notice before. You know when you smell some whiskies mm. and it like burns a bit mm. on the inside of your nose? Uh, this doesn't burn at all for me. That might be partly to do with the fact it's 40% and some of the whiskies that I know you've tried have been a lot more than that, a lot higher. Um, so, go on. I'm not saying that's a good thing mm. because I kind of like the feeling where it kind of just hurts just a little bit in the nose but it's different for me. And it means you, I, I can really smell it, like I can properly smell it, it's not just a, a kind of pain yeah. or a burning sensation. Well often actually that burning sensation does anaesthetise your nose anyway, so if you get that burning sensation in your nose then really you should be adding a little bit of water or something, because you're really just knocking off the senses. Right, so we've had a look, we've had a smell and yeah. we've had a little bit of a talk about Norway, yep. where you've been skiing. Mm -hmm and you've been bungee jumping and you've been singing and you've been setting fire to schools <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and using yeah. language that's not really Norwegian um, shall we have a little taste? yeah now I'm picking up that sweet toffee flavour is there and there's a slight butterscotch to it and with a little hint of coffee maybe barley sugars. I don't know if you've actually ever had a barley sugar. Yeah, once in Ireland. But thinking about it, that to me is what this is, the, the main flavour in this is that lovely, sweet, refined barley sugar. Yeah. To me it's certainly, you can taste sweetness through it. That was the first thing I tasted, mm -hmm. was a very sweet taste. How does it feel in the mouth? What sort of a texture would you say this has? It's very light. Light, light. Light? Yeah, no, it's like, <laughs> no, it is, Dad. You know when you, <laughs> sometimes you, you take a whiskey and it feels really thick Yeah. in your mouth and sort of kind of heavy. Mm. But this is almost like it goes in and then it's it's gone. It's just kind of vapours and flavours. Mm. It feels like that, like light. Yeah, so it's not setting your mouth on fire. No. It's just... It's got kind of a little bit spicy, maybe, yeah. but not heavy. No, you know it's there, but it's not It's not being hostile in any way. It's being mm. nice and gentle with you. Mm. What about after you swallowed it? Is there much of a burning sensation, or is it...? No, it's like an after kind of all-over spice in my mouth, but mm. no burning in the throat. Mm. Here's a tough, tough one for you. Then you say spice. What spice? What spice? Try some more. <laughs> Trying to be serious. <laughs> I'm gonna dribble now. <coughs> I don't know. I could pick a spice, but I'd just be doing it to sand. Oh, just pick one then. Go on. No, because. Yeah, but I'm interested to know which one you would pick. You're gonna pick one at random. See, I'm picking up a couple of spices here. 
I'm picking up a little bit of aniseed because mm, aniseed has that slight numbing feel to it a bit like cloves do yeah um, but I'm also picking up a little bit of cinnamon oh, I was gonna say cinnamon oh were you? yeah <laughs> I hate aniseed, so I can't pick that up because otherwise I wouldn't like it. Actually, that's an interesting point. If you don't like it, so you tend not to drink it or taste aniseed, and I suppose there is that chance you wouldn't pick it up so much because you wouldn't identify it. Do you want to add a little drop of water to it, Faith? Okay. And see if it makes any difference. I've never done this to a whiskey before. I didn't even know that you're supposed to add water to whiskey. That's because you, your dad tends not to. We only want literally just a little drop. Oh, that's it. That's brilliant. Will this change everything? Possibly. I must confess, I've never actually tried water with a Yamazaki before, so because let's give it a go. Instantly, by looking through it, the glass, yeah. it looks less clear now. Yeah. More, it's kind of like mm, a little mucky. Yeah, but that will settle down a little bit. That's whilst the reactions going on with the water and the and the whiskey, but that will settle down a little bit although because it's 40 percent unless it's been chill filtered adding the water will give it a slight cloudiness to it and the legs are almost invisible very hard to see yeah you're quite right they've gone shallow they're there but they're closer together and they've gone a bit shallow and they've gone faster it's just made the smell kind of even more subtler than it was before. Littler. Subtler. Subtler. I think it's actually it has changed the, the nose a little bit. Because I think it's added a, just a little hint of ginger to it, but not much. And whilst I don't think it actually has added ginger to it, I think what it might have done is broken down the, the spiciness a little bit so you can pull out a gingery nature that you couldn't before. It smells like peppercarker. Okay, let's try the flavour. What is peppercarker? <laughs> gingerbread. Is that a Norwegian thing? Yeah, it's gingerbread in Norwegian. Peppercarker. Now the sensation in the mouth when you you take it in this time with the water. Yeah. It's even more subtle. It's like a smooth texture to it. I can taste aniseed now that you've said that, and I don't like it as much. Mm. I think actually, funny enough, with the water, the barley sugar nature is gone, mm. and it there's more of a clovey nature, clovey aniseed nature to it. I will agree. Almost like it takes a minute or two for my for it to my mouth to process the flavours once once it's gone in. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting you say that, Faith, because people do say often the best tasting is on the second taste. I mean, you see people, they have a taste and they say what they think and they write it down and that's it. But actually, if you have a taste and then taste again, the second taste often brings up more flavour. And likewise, if you have a little taste and then go back to the nose, you can pick up more, more aromas as well because your body's become more attuned. Because the senses of our bodies are not individual senses. They all merge together. What's a funny look on your face at the moment? What's that to do with you? Tasting something really strange. Can you identify it? Mm. Is it pistachio nut? <laughs> I like put 
at the back of my mouth into mm. the roof. I was kind of like moving it around my mouth to try mm. and get different flavours. It's almost like a little bit sour. So you preferred it without the water. Without the water. See, you are my daughter. Yeah, I don't like it with water. So, did you like it without the water? Yeah, it definitely felt like it had more flavours without water. Okay. So, face recommendation is Yamazaki, 10 year old. Drink without water. Without water, drink it neat. Not so good with water. Because well, I think it's so subtle anyway, Why you don't really need water to wash it down. Hmm. I can imagine if you did use water only for those ones that you know really burn as soon as you smell it, as soon as you put it in your mouth. Cause well, water does warm water things down, but it also it also warms things up. So there's more than just watering down with whiskey. It can sometimes bring a whiskey alive, and I think it did change this whiskey a little bit. But I'm with you on this one. I actually preferred it neat. What's the difference between my glass and your glass? Yours is you can hold yours without touching the glass. Or you can hold your it without touching the glass on yours as well, if you do it right. And for people who are listening, knowing that people can't see, mine is like a, a thistle-shaped wine glass. It has a stem and it has a detachable lid that goes over the top and comes off to help trap aromas. So I can actually hold it by the base and the whiskey is elevated, my hand doesn't warm it, I've got a good look at it. You don't want your hand to warm the whiskey? Um, no, not personally. I don't need to. If I've kept the whiskey at good temperature anyway, there's no need for me to warm it. Jim Murray, whiskey author, taster, connoisseur, expert, um, he is anti-adding water to whiskey. He says that water does warm whiskey up, but you don't need to add water to do that. You can do that using the heat of your hand. Now, I'm not going to argue with Jim Murray, he knows more than I do, but I think if you've got your whiskey stored appropriately, you're serving it well, you shouldn't actually have to muck about with it at all. Um, but this does, this glass has got the advantages of being able to trap the smells in, and it does mean I can hold it, look at it, without even going anywhere near the whiskey. The drawback with this glass, I think, is just a simple one, is that that long stem makes it rather fragile. Now if I can have your glass for a minute, this Glen Cairn tasting glass, which is the one I normally use, you can do all the, th the same sort of things with it by holding the base of that solid glass base. You don't have to warm it all up. No, because... You can still see it and what have you. Um, but it's a longer lasting glass. The actual bowl of the glass, you know, if you look at both of them, they're both the same shape in many ways. They have that thistle, the board at mm. the bottom, so you can gently rotate it, look at the legs and stuff like that, and then they funnel up so that... You can smell it. Yeah, all the aromas come up. Actually, you can still, even though my glass is now empty, you can still... it still focuses those smells. Okay, there are two recipes I want to share with you, and they're a bit of a tradition in our family. The first one is a strong mulled wine. Now, be careful, because when I say it is a strong mulled wine, it is strong. 
This strong mulled wine is certain to warm the cockles of your heart and is great after a cold walk or going out carol singing and make lots of it and you'll find that it's just the right thing for welcoming those Christmas visitors especially if you want to save any good whiskey for yourself for later on. Now the recipe is as follows. What you're going to need are two or three cinnamon sticks a little bit of mace, about four or five cloves, and a teaspoon of nutmeg. Now, preferably, the way to do that, as I do, is to get a whole nutmeg and grate it down. You also want a couple of ounces of sugar, white sugar or brown sugar. Personally, I prefer the dark variety. And then here comes the fun bit. You want to get equal measures, and when I say equal measures... Well, that depends on how much you're making, of course, but with that sort of spice level, you're talking around about a pint of each, not total, but each. So you want a pint of red wine. You want an equal amount of red wine with curacao, brandy, and water. And you also want both the juice and the rind of maybe two or three oranges, just to boost that curacao up a bit. Now, when I say about curacao, in the past, I have used whatever curacao has been laying around in our house, and that has included blue curacao. And, you know, it tastes just as good, but it does darken the colour a little bit. This year, I'm going to be simply using Cointreau. And I've done that before. A rather expensive way of doing it, but it does boost up the flavour a bit. It just gives it that edge of quality. Use a, a fair quality brandy. You don't have to go for an XO but a, a fair quality brandy. You can get away with a bit of cheapish wine. Don't want the tannin levels too high. And like most things, you know, the quality of your ingredients will affect the outcome, but you don't have to use the best for this recipe. And the recipe is very simple. You get those ingredients together, you heat them all together very gently, stirring away make sure that sugar doesn't burn at the bottom of the pan stir it away but do it slowly don't let it boil just you're just warming it up to the temperature that you want it to be at and then take it off the heat and just leave it to stew now you can get by with just leaving it for about an hour personally the longer you leave it the more those flavors come in but put a lid on it okay so you've done it in a saucepan when you're leaving it to, uh, to, to stew, to marinate, to infuse, make sure there's a lid on that saucepan so you don't lose all the goodness evaporating out. Some of it will come out and what you will get is that lovely, spicy, whiny, spirity, Christmassy smell that will slowly ooze its way through the house. And then when you're ready to use it, just reheat it, pour it into a nice cup, or a heat-proof glass, and enjoy. Now, the second recipe is not really a Christmas recipe, but it is brilliant for this time of the year when people are getting winter colds. In our family, we call it a blue blazer, and I think actually that is its proper name. And I believe it's called that because it blazes away with a blue flame whilst you're making it. And this is a chance to use up some cheap whiskey you've got 
you've been given or was just lying around the house you want to use it up this is what that whiskey's for okay don't use the good quality stuff for this you really doesn't benefit from it um personal flavor profile for me i love the pt whiskies but this isn't a time to use a peaky whiskey. This is a time to use something more of a bland nature. You want something that's potent, not necessarily something with a full flavor profile. So the cheaper value, own brand whiskies, this is the chance to use them up. So what do you do? You get two mugs and you half fill one mug with milk. You half fill the other mug with whiskey. You put the milk into a saucepan and you start to heat that milk up. You add into that milk a good, generous dollop of honey. Now, what sort of honey are you going to use? Again, that depends on your own preferences. I quite like a nice, runny, heathery honey, but hard set honey is okay it's actually easier to, to spoon out and once it warms up it melts down just as well honeycomb honey again no reason why not it gives that lovely sugary sweetness to it and if anybody wants clover honey or anything like that again all these honeys they they go well with this recipe so you're melting that honey in and do feel free to use a lot of it it's very soothing on the throat it's full of energy it's good stuff and then adding to that, we're going to grate on some nutmeg. Now, you can either grate that on now, whilst the milk is heating up, or you can dust your mug with it at the end. Personally, I put it in now so that nutmeg flavor can infuse in with the milk. It does give it a slight grainy quality to the texture of the drink, but hey, it doesn't matter. Now, I believe that one of the wonderful things about nutmeg is that it has a sort of a natural, almost antibiotic quality to it. So that is good. You get in some nourishment and you also get in some antibacterial sort of cleansing quality in with this drink. And I know that sounds like rubbish. It most likely is rubbish. And as a qualified nurse, perhaps I should know better in saying that. But hey, it's an excuse to have a lovely drink. And if I can justify it by saying such things, I will say such things. So what have we got? We've got half a mug of milk heating away, a good dollop of honey in there, and I mean a good dollop. We've got um, maybe a teaspoon, half a teaspoon of nutmeg in there as well. Maybe not as much as that. You know, do it to flavor. Don't overdo the nutmeg, however, because it can be a bit toxic. So you've got that heating away. Now the whiskey... This is where whiskey comes into it, yeah. You've got that half a mug of whiskey. You put that into another saucepan. And this is why you don't want to use top quality whiskey. It is going to get heated up. And you heat it up gently. And when it starts to get to that lovely critical temperature, again, you don't want to boil this because, whoosh, alcohol is going to evaporate, evaporate away. What you're going to do is you're going to ignite it. Now, be careful because it's going to be a blue transparent flame that's not too easy to see and whenever you're dealing with fire or anything like this do be careful so you ignite the whiskey you pick up the saucepan you pick up the other saucepan with the milk in it you add the whiskey to the saucepan with the milk in it 
and as you do so the flame will go with it and very quickly you move the milk and whiskey mixture back into the now empty hot saucepan and once it goes back into there you then pour it back into the other now empty saucepan and you keep moving them from one to the other until they're well and truly mixed and the flame has gone out. You then pour the mixture back into your mug. You wrap yourself up in a nice warm blanket or a cosy bed. You enjoy it. You drink it down. It's going to soothe your throat. It's going to help your nose. It's going to make you feel warm and glowy inside. It's going to nourish you and comfort you. And if you have one of those just before you go to bed, you're going to sleep well. There we go. So right. what have we got here? This Tell is, is um, Arak that I brought back from Sri Lanka. This is their local uh, local fire water. Right. It's, um, What's it called, Rockland? Well, this one is, yeah. I mean, there are 101 different makes of, of this stuff. What's, what's quite strange is they almost seem embarrassed about this stuff. They sell it in little hideaway places they call wine shops, right. which seem to be full of um, down-at-heel... Uh, Tamils and, and Sanlis uh, blokes who go in there and, and drink and um, and smoke and so forth. But most of these shops are hidden out of the way. They're only allowed to open for certain short periods of the day. Uh, it's almost as if they're embarrassed to see this stuff. Uh, if you buy a bottle and take it away, it has to be wrapped up. And they're all wrapped up in copies of the Colombo Times or right. that, you know well that used to be uh, the case in America as well didn't it yeah but everything um, do you remember the old the old films you get a brown yeah, bag yeah and it's almost like that you know you're not allowed to be seen drinking out on the street it's it's looked very much looked down upon but then different cultures so. this is what 34% yeah uh, that and that seemed that to be yeah that seemed to by volume yeah. Yeah, that seemed to be uh the norm. So right. they call it extra strong this one. Rockland old extra strong Iraq. But that didn't seem to be enormously different from what the norm was, about thirty three and a half, thirty three percent. Okay. You know? Well in appearance it's got the colour of a of a whiskey, isn't it? Yeah. In fact it's yes, very similar to the Kilbegging. But I think you'll find the taste is uh, significantly different. And it's legging up actually it's not legging up particularly well. They're fat, they're fast they're wide space but they are legs mm. I've seen whiskies leg up like that before on the nose however very sweet um, yeah sweetness but it's also so it's almost like a bit of a sweatiness to it it's not a particularly mm. pleasant nose now this I can see from the label coconut yeah. Now, if I can just point out, the coconuts that we get in this country mm. are different from most of the coconuts they have in Sri Lanka, which are called yellow or king coconut. And the coconuts that you and I remember from getting at the fair, with the white flesh inside, and a little bit of coconut milk and so forth, are different from the yellow coconuts right. that this comes from. Now, the yellow coconuts have a very small... When you break the, the casing open, they have a very small amount of flesh, but it's usually full of this liquor. Right. And they're regularly drunk in um, in in Sri Lanka with a whole 
knocked in them and they give you a straw and you just drink the, li- drink the liquor, the coconut liquor. Mm. So there's a lot in each coconut, as you can imagine. And so they pour that out and then they ferment it and this is where Iraq comes from. It's not like the uh, coconut milk that we're familiar with. No. This is coconut liquor. It's, uh, it's the water. It's basically water, very watery and sweet. Yeah. So it obviously has a high sugar content. Because we, we often get muddled up, don't we? Because with what is coconut milk, what is coconut water? Mm. Water is the liquid that's inside of a coconut, as mm. opposed to the coconut milk, which I believe is the stuff you get when you crush up the flesh. Yeah, I suspect you're right. But there is, a, there is a smell on the on the nose of this that that does remind me a little bit, and I must confess I wouldn't have got this if I hadn't known about the coconut connection. But when you break open a coconut and you smell the inside of the shell of a coconut, there is that... This is the smell that you get. This is, yeah, there's yeah. a similarity there. So, it's probably, the, you know, you've got a clue that um, if you came from, from Mars and you didn't know anything about it, you'd probably think, well, you know, if I know about all the fruit, this smells like a coconut. This has got coconut aroma to it. I suspect it does. When you take a taste of it, now, I'll be honest, I was expecting something to be really disgustingly foul, but actually it's not disgustingly it's not foul. It's quite a pleasant drink, I think. It doesn't have uh, a great deal of finish to it, I don't think. But it's got quite a complex flavour. Yeah. There is that milky coconut aspect to it, especially on the aftertaste. But there is also... Yeah, okay, coconut, but there's a nut aspect to it as well. Yeah, there is that nutty. lovely nutty. Nutty flavour, isn't it? Almost like a walnut. Mm. Actually, it is it's walnut. Certainly, the, you know, the, 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 uh, the description of a nutty flavour mm. comes through, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not thinking pecan, I'm not thinking maybe almond, a little bit of almond in there, but it's that lovely, gentle, walnutty, flavour that's there. I think that's the word I'd use for it actually, it's gentle isn't it? Yeah. So, kind of sums up a lot of um, the Sri Lankan people that we met. I'll tell you what, I don't want to um, say this in a, a derogatory way, but I reckon this would do well in cocktails. Yes, I suspect you would, yes, it's a cocktail mix. Because mm. it has that it's lovely a, light, exotic aspect to it. Mm. Yeah, I bet you could drink but, a lot um, of this. Quite well. frankly, it's quite pleasant to drink on its own. Oh, it is. It's uh, not a pleasant drink. Would you have this with ice? I didn't, but I saw people do, uh, drinking it with uh, with ice. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And uh, it's a nice drink. It's you know, it's not overpoweringly strong or anything like that. It doesn't. I don't think it tries to be anything. It isn't. It's. Uh, fermented coconut juice but it's uh, it's a lovely drink I think it's like um, I, I like trying out the uh, the drinks of particular country I went to Thailand and uh, we drank their uh, their local rum Sang Siong it was called All right. and it was a really pleasant drink I don't think it's anything anywhere near as, as complicated as a, a good malt can be no, I'm just looking at the label though, John, and it is saying on here, distilled 
Aged and Bottled hmm. by Rockland Distilleries Limited, Sri Lanka. Doesn't say how long it's aged. It doesn't say how long it's aged, but it is aged. Hmm. And it is extra strong, old Iraq. Pity it didn't give you a bit more information, really. A bit more info would be useful. And it's also got this lovely symbol on here of two people mm. facing each other, having a little drink in their hands. But it's, the quality of that is almost one like one you'd expect from a um, public health. Mm. It's a bit program. like uh, Mel, what's his name, and uh, not the nine o'clock news, the two blokes. Oh used yeah. To. Um, Smith and Jones. Yes, used to sort of. Griffith like Jones and Mel Smith. Yeah, they used to sit like that, didn't they? But you also notice the uh, the day. This is well into the the British uh, rule of Sri Lanka. Yeah, nineteen twenty-four. You know, and, uh, oh, another interesting thing. Notice he's embossed on there. <laughs> yeah. well. Another thing no, to to point out about the label is the the way that um, the the information's written in English, Senegalese, and Tamil. Just to indicate the three languages that are spoken yeah. in, in Sri Lanka. Yeah. So, you know, it's it's hundred percent pure aged Iraq. So there's nothing else added to it. It's a lovely drink, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually quite. I'm quite mm. pleasantly surprised with mm. that. I mean, you know, when, when you consider that uh, that grappa that I brought back from Italy. I mean, mm. quite frankly, on its own, it's not much of a drink, is it? But grappa, um, there's a lot of diversity within grappa, mm. isn't there? You can get very bad grappa and very so. good grappa. And I thought the one I brought back was reasonable quality, but I mean, I don't know because I'm not an expert in grappa. But mm. uh, quite frankly, the grappa, you wouldn't want to drink a great deal of it on its own. I don't think. Mm. If you mixed it with something else, I think it would be alright. But this this is pleasant. You well, you it. gave me a bottle of that grappa, and I thank you for it. I haven't opened it yet. But um, I wonder whether it's a, it's going to be a little bit like raki. What's that? Um, which is something I've had in Crete. Mm. At the end of a meal, they bring out some raki for you to try, which yeah. is... It tastes and feels pretty much like neat alcohol. Yeah. Columbia Cream Scottish Liqueur, single malt Scotch whiskey, honey of cream liqueur, in a black bottle with a um, gold label, a Celtic design round the funnel of the bottle. <laughs> this is um, a creamy drink, not quite as thick as Bailey's. Um, slightly lighter colour than Bailey's as well. It's got a very smooth texture in, in your mouth. It tastes strong in some ways but slightly weak with layers of sweetness like honey. Okay, whiskey news. Just a quick mention here about Springbank Distillery. Um, I'd mentioned a little while ago about the fact they've been having problems with their boiler. Hope that's going okay, Springbank. Um, but despite their boiler problems, they have announced that they are going to be reopening the Whiskey School 
in 2011 and they're going to be offering two courses each having only a small limited class size and they're going to run in the summertime and they're going to give a wonderful chance to study work and I expect taste the whole whiskey making process in a distillery of very high standards um, very high quality brilliant place to learn a bit of it about the trade more details of this what well, i'm sure is going to be on their website but let's firm up a few of those details now springbank distillery is one of the few distilleries left that do the whole whiskey making process on site they malt their own barley all the way through to bottling their own whiskey all on site so you're going to have a fantastic chance to see and understand that whole process and I believe the school has got practical sessions actually working in the distillery as well as classroom tutorials and I'm sure I'm sure there'll be some tasting sessions going on there as well now it's a family-owned distillery it's been in the same family since it was first established back in 1828 and these two courses are going to run the first one on the 27th of June and the second one on the 4th of July. And when I say that it's only going to be limited size, I mean limited size. There's only actually going to be six places on each of those courses. How much is it going to cost? Well, it's going to be £950 per person, although I do believe you can get a 30% discount if you arrange your own accommodation and evening meals, etc. Um, that will give you a 30% discount, I think. You do have to put forward a £100 deposit um, to secure yourself a place on there. And what do you get for that? Well, you get that wonderful experience of learning about the whiskey-making process you will get five nights bed and breakfast accommodation and packed lunch. Not too sure whether it includes an evening meal. I've got a sneaky feeling it does, but please don't take my word on that. Um, And it is advisable to take some good sturdy boots with you, preferably steel toe-cap ones, um, a warm clothing, waterproof jacket, and, of course, a camera. Think about the photo opportunities you're going to get in a place like that doing that sort of thing. Oh, um, workwear, I do believe Springbank will actually provide that themselves for you. And if you have a partner who wants to come along but actually not take place at the whiskey school um, but wants to come on and enjoy the evening experience and stuff like that, I've, I've got a sneaky feeling that that is okay and I think the cost for that is about £250. But again, don't take my word on that you need to contact Springbank to get those details um, so £950 it is a lot of money especially in today's recession but what you get in there is a lifetime experience I must confess I'm very tempted if I could find £950 um, and the time to be able to do it I tell you I'd be doing it So, let's say you're interested, you want to contact the distillery, how are you going to do that? Well, of course, they have their own website, but the direct email about inquiries for the Whiskey School is simply whiskeyschool at springbankwhiskey.com. 
Or, of course, you can phone. If you're phoning from outside of the UK, you'll need to put in the international dialing code, and that means dropping the O on what I'm about to say, because their phone number is O one five eight six five five two O nine. O one five eight six five five two O nine. Okay. Good luck with that. Um as I said, I'm very tempted myself. I doubt if I'll be able to make it. I'm jealous of anybody who does succeed. And if you do go, and I'm being serious here, if you do go, do enjoy yourselves. But also let us know how what it's like. You know, drop me an email when you get back, or even whilst you're there. Possibly email me some of the images that you take, so I can put them on the website. And let us know. And if you're happy with doing this... Email me and possibly give me some contact details of what the experience is like and maybe I can then do a phone interview with you and you can we can have your voice directly on the podcast saying what the whiskey score was like. Um, good luck with it. Well done, Springbank. You're not the only ones doing a whiskey score. I know Brooke Laddie have done them in the past. I think if they still do, I know Glenn Livett have doing them and I know there's many other, well, many others, there are other distilleries that are doing whiskey school but to be honest springbank oh what a place to do it lovely part of scotland fantastic distillery high class reputation world-class whiskey brilliant Well, as I said at the beginning of this episode, thank you very much for downloading it. It has been the Christmas episode, the first Christmas episode of the Malted Muse podcast. In this period, this time of giving, I hope you will look at the website. You will check out my daughter's charity challenge and make a small donation to that. With the season's greetings amongst us, may I wish you all a Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. I'm going to aim to get another episode out before the end of this year, but that will be after Christmas time. I have really enjoyed making these episodes. I am learning so much from doing them. I hope you're learning a bit as well, and I hope you're enjoying them. And until the next one, thank you and goodbye.